0: Everyone welcome to the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products. You can visit the website abotanicalcompany.com or give them a call 405-458-9699. Educate yourself on their line of natural medicine products and how they can benefit your life on a daily basis. I'm a customer and and have nothing but good things to say about this group of people. Local ownership doing great things for the community around them and their goal is is to help you live a better life. So, again, educate yourself on what they have available. Uh, you know, whether it's it's uh, mental or physical needs that you have, uh, they have a solution. So check it out. You can order online, company.com, easy and safe pickup, or give them a call and ask questions, 405-458-9699. All right, uh, big college football episode today. A lot of college football playoff conversation. Um, and, and really, I think in general, like the conversation around the college football playoff and how it should work, especially in 2020, I think is uh, a fun conversation to have because there are two sides of this thing is the goal to get the best four play, the best four teams in the college football playoff. And if you do that, how impactful should the regular season be? Because I think those things aren't necessarily in, in the same relationship. Uh, So I think if you are pro best four teams, Do we just throw out what happens in the regular season to get the best four teams? Or how much weight should the regular season have in determining this thing? So it's a fun conversation to have. We will talk about that as well as the Big 12's chances to potentially punch a a spot into that Final Four and a lot of other good stuff, you know, even going as far as the Russell Westbrook, James Harden situations in the NBA. But my guest today is Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis, happy Wednesday. What's going on, my man? Not much, just uh, enjoying a little hump day, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's
1: Wednesday, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 so I'm no, I'm, I'm with
0: you, I'm with you. It's, uh, <laughs> so we're We're recording this in the morning, like, we're the day's just getting started, you're really enjoying it already? Like, what's happened what? so far today that you're enjoying your day? Look, uh, <laughs> I set an alarm for the first
1: time, I mean, I always set an alarm on Wednesdays because I know we're doing the podcast at night, but I set it like extra early today, and not at like eight forty-five or eight fifty. Okay. So I've been up since like seven forty-five, seven thirty. I had I had coffee. I usually drink my coffee while we're recording. Just had some coffee on the couch, watched a, an episode of The Mandalorian. Like I'm just I'm feeling good. I'm usually just waking up when we start when we hit record. Feeling good right now. I'm i uh, okay, I'm fair awake. Enough. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> it's time to turn the life around. It's time to wake up before nine uh, o'clock. <laughs>
0: Like you know what? there's there's honestly an extra glow about you today. Yeah, I've had a full twelve ounces of coffee. yeah. Right now. The smile's a little bit brighter. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's gonna be a good day. How is the Mandalorian, I'm, by the way? i've I've heard mixed reviews. Um,
1: I enjoy it. I'm still on the first season because I just i I started it last year when it, the first season came out, and I watched like two episodes and came out during football season and it just like I lost track of it. Yeah. and I just quit watching it. Um, I'm about like eight episodes into the first season or seven episodes. I like it. There's a couple of episodes that just aren't as good as the others. Like there's clearly just a couple episodes that are just kind of boring in my opinion. Overall, though, it's pretty good. Like okay. if you like Star Wars, then it's pretty like you'll enjoy it. Like it's I think it's better than the last like couple of movies have been.
0: Oh, OK. Well, that's fair then. Uh, I, the main criticism I've heard is that it's really slow.
1: It, yeah, it's not, it's not like the movies that like, like the last movie that came out where like from minute one, it's just action, action, action. Like it's, yeah. there's a couple of, like, there's episodes where like, it's just slow story building, but it's a show. So, you know, they're going to pace it out a little bit better.
0: I was all geared up when, when they released it last year, I was all geared up to sit down and binge watch it. And then I realized they were releasing it episode by episode yeah. I was like, I'm not following I'm, that episode by episode. Like the only way I watch almost anything is is if I binge the whole thing. So I decided I would wait until the entire season finished and then I would binge watch it. And I've never really gotten back around to doing that. So
1: Yeah, I'm kind of glad that I didn't that I stopped watching it last year because now I can binge it. And uh for the most part, but I, I was thinking about this yesterday because I think a lot of like the streaming services are starting to do that and do it in like weekly episodic things, and I'm like this is just like what normal life was ten years ago. Yeah,
0: exactly. I lived it's, through that yeah. time period. I don't want to live through it again.
1: Right. It sucks.
0: Yeah. Who wants to wait a like? Who
1: wants to wait a week to watch the next episode of a show? I
0: want to watch my season in a forty-eight hour period, and then completely forget what has happened by the time the next one is released. Right. It's to me, it's kind of like I get like I think their idea
1: for like doing it is like they want to, you to come back. To their streaming platform right. and watch it, but they they release so much content constantly that when you space episodes out like that, like I'm gonna forget, I'm gonna find something else to watch. Yeah, and I'm just gonna forget. It's it, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Same. The, it
0: was working before. We just released the whole season at once. It worked. Yeah, it's why I don't watch television anymore. And and look, all the stuff that's on television that I quit watching. I view it now after the season is over when it finally hits Netflix and I watch the entire season that way. Like, like the black, the blacklist, for example, love that show. What is it? Is that an NBC show? I believe anyway, whatever whatever network it's on. I love that show, but I don't watch it on NBC. Like I wait until the season is done. And then when it hits Netflix, I watch from start to finish that way. It's the only way to watch TV, man. Yeah.
1: They don't, play, they don't play the first quarter of a football game and then play the second
0: quarter a week later. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, so brutal. Uh, speaking of football, I, an observation, and I, I don't know if, any, if this is messing with anybody else, but like I know that it's not the touchdown pylon, but the first down pylon is consistently throwing me off when I watch football. I don't even know what you're talking about. You haven't seen the first down pylon. I, I if I have, I haven't paid any attention to it. So they now have a first down pylon that has a camera built in, so it can so you get a camera view straight down the first down marker. So you have that added like camera angle if you're trying to figure out whether somebody like the ball crossed a certain point. Uh-huh. But yeah, the first down pylon, I like it just. They can be at the forty-yard line, and I see somebody catch the ball right by the pylon, and like, in my mind, I'm thinking, "How is that? Like, they're already down by the the goal line? <laughs> that was a touchdown? What is happening here?
1: Uh, they must. That must be a college football thing, right?
0: Where did I see it?
1: Because I don't, I have not seen that. In I the think NFL. it's
0: I think it's the NFL, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, really? I may again. I may just. Noticed
1: it, never thought twice about it or even paid any attention to it. Look, I, I might be on the other side of the fence here, but I like a lot of uh I, I, I like the aspect of potential human error in my sports. <laughs> I don't want everything to be a hundred percent like exact and accurate. Like I like the aspect of like you might just get screwed over by the refs yeah. or by an umpire. Like yeah. it's just part of the game. Part of the game is dealing with those humans, you know,
0: enforcing the rules. Well, I think it becomes, for me, it's an efficiency thing. Like, I I don't really care if we get some calls wrong if we do this in an efficient manner. If you can tell me that, that from a review standpoint, the game is never going to be delayed or at least never going to be delayed significantly, then I'm okay with review across the board. I'm okay if we demand perfection. But if you can't deliver that, in an efficient way, then you need to get rid of it completely. Like I'm at the point now where review has hurt sports in so many ways, but like most of all, if I were in charge of sports, this is what I would do. If you want to review something and you can't clearly in a, in a five sec if you can't watch it back one time for five seconds and clearly see that something was wrong, you just move on. Yeah, there's no reason that the umpires need
1: to be on the phone for six and a half minutes trying to figure out if Jose Altuve stole second base in game 75 of the regular season. Right. But I've watched numerous baseball games where the game stops for 10 minutes so they can review some pointless play yeah. where a guy – there's and there's two outs and the next guy grounds out, and it's, it was completely pointless, just a waste of time. Same thing, I mean, football plays that you reviewed typically are a little bit more uh, – Consequential to the result of the game, but still like I, I agree like just how you get three you get three angles You watch each angle once Make a call
0: Right just, Yeah, it doesn't need up. to be I'm, complicated I'm if you either. if you can't if you can't clearly see That the call on the field was wrong Like if it's one of those things that you have to watch it 18 times and you have to slow it down and you have to take Every camera angle available to figure out whether the call was right or wrong Obviously, it's so close that from an efficiency standpoint, it doesn't make sense to spend that amount of time to, to figure out whether a call is right or wrong. Because most of the time, half the people think that you get it wrong anyway. Like, right. the room is going to be split. Not everybody's going to agree that that overturning or keeping the call the same is the right move. And so, again, you've just wasted all this time without having a definitive right or wrong scenario. So... That's where I'm at. If you can't just watch it back real quick, clearly see that the ruling was, was incorrect. And look, if you can clearly see the ruling was incorrect and then you need to take more time to like figure out where the ball should be and what the time should be, I, I totally get that. But this idea that you've got to review a play for like five minutes and just continually watch it over and over and slow it down and all that just to see if the call is right. What's the point of that? It's it just, it, it, I think it does more damage from a stoppage standpoint than, than what you actually get out of it. When again, most people don't even believe that you're getting the call right anyway.
1: I am glad the NFL got rid of the, uh, ability to challenge pass interference though.
0: Yeah, that was stupid.
1: Good on them. You know, good on them for trying something. I mean, it was like a knee jerk reaction because everybody was butthurt that the, you know, the Saints didn't make the Super Bowl, but good on them for, you know, realizing after one season of trying it that that's just, it's not
0: worth it. Yeah. By the way, I uh, just looked it up. Both college football and the NFL have huh. first down pylon cams. So I've
1: look, I I have watched. I've watched a good amount of college football this year. Yeah. Uh, not as much as I usually would watch because I I work on Saturdays, but I've watched a lot of NFL and a good amount of college football, like I said, and I have not noticed it one time, I guess they're just completely yeah. oblivious to, to the replays. I guess when a replay pops on, I just get on my phone or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I'll say this, I don't notice it in every game. I wa- I wonder if maybe they only have it available for certain games or maybe. like what the certain situation is. Cause like again, I don't notice it every game I watch, but I have noticed it at times and it, it, I like it. I think it's a great idea, but I'd be lying to you if I, I said it didn't throw me off at times. I'm like, what? I think I think we need to bring back the uh, original
1: XFL ref cams. Oh yeah, did they do that in the, in the new XFL? I don't remember. I don't th- that doesn't that wasn't something that stood out to me. I'll be honest with you. I don't that.
0: think I watched enough XFL to really be able to give you an accurate. Uh... What?
1: What? You know what? The the XFL was great. Cardell Jones slinging passes in Washington. Uh, That PJ, uh, whatever his name is, the
0: backup quarterback in Carolina throwing touchdowns for my Houston, whatever they were. That was okay. Though it was so bad. I wanted to like it, man. I really wanted to like it. It was better than the AAF. Like it wasn't. It like it was
1: obviously second. It was way better. Yeah, the AAF
0: was terrible, but yes, it was better than the than the alliance. It's still not good, though.
1: No. Well, we'll see. The Rock's gonna fix it. Rock's gonna get oh, it. Oh God! It tr-
0: I can't believe we're trying this again.
1: I can't either. They're like, I at this point, you would think that people just need to realize that if it's not the NFL, like, people, it's just not gonna be good if it's not the NFL. Yeah. You, and, and like, you're not gonna have enough time. The league isn't gonna last long enough to make it good. Right. Like, you need like five or ten years of, like, building the league up for it to be good and, like, probably need to be, like, USFL level where you have tons of money you can convince people to go there out of college, which isn't yeah. going to happen. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why we're doing it.
0: It's, yeah, it's not good. I, I, like, I wanted to like the XFL. It was just so bad. I, I was disinterested after one week. um, And, like there's this idea, I, I feel like I've always been like, more football, I'm all in favor of more football, give me football year-round, and that's probably true if we're talking about college football in the NFL, but I've, I've, I've decided, I think here and now, on the spot, I'm no longer in favor of year-round football if it, if it doesn't mean that we're talking about college football or the NFL, because these other leagues just don't really do it for me.
1: Well, we talked about, we used to talk about it on the radio show all the time, like, February to April is kind of like the uh, the resting period in the sports year. Yeah, I mean you got regular season NBA, but like, yeah. uh, who cares? I mean, other than that, especially now, like every team in the NBA makes a playoff. So why? What's the point of caring about games in March? Yeah.
0: That said, um, I <laughs> like here's what's gonna happen: the XFL is gonna reboot, and I'm gonna talk myself into giving it another chance and being like, maybe they're gonna do it different this time. It's the it's the X that you can't get over. <laughs> I know, just, right? You can't quit them. Yeah, no, they changed. I promise. It look, last time it was my fault. It's going to be different this time. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> At least I know that about myself, though. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, I don't. I'll, I'll do the same thing too. I can sit here yes. and make some sort of grand statement that uh, you know I'm done with it, but they're going to be like XFL opening weekend 2022, and I'm going to be like, yeah, let's watch this. Maybe it'll
1: be good this time. It's going to be good this time. I know
0: yeah. it. They figured it out. God. Oh, so brutal. Uh, speaking of football, Jalen Hurts has been named the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He, uh, they're, they're, this is just a crazy story anyway, but I did see this after the announcement was made yesterday. Carson Wentz got a contract extension that hasn't even started, Aaron. He is owed $158 million on a contract that hasn't even started yet. And he's now been benched and replaced as the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles.
1: I, I saw, I'm going to f- try and find the tweet, but I'm going to just roughly quote it. I saw a tweet yesterday or the day before. I think it was yesterday. That Carson Wentz's contract, if he is cut after this season, it's going to be like a $57 million cap penalty oh. on the Eagles.
0: Oh, That's so brutal. Nick Foles is somewhere like, yep.
1: Oh, here we go. It was on Monday Night Football where they threw this graphic up. Yeah. Uh, If Carson Wentz is not on the roster in 2021, it's going to cost the Eagles $59.2 million on their salary cap. If he's not on the roster in 2022, it's going to cost him $24.5 million on their contract. He has $109 million guaranteed. And his four-year extension, and I, I, man, I, I guess I kind of get it, cause he's he, like he's been good, like he has shown signs of being a really good quarterback, but he is so bad this year, like just consistently bad every week, which is why Jalen Hurts is starting. Like, and, and it, it, I'm not gonna sit here and act like Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Like, I think he's he's probably gonna make the offense a little bit more dynamic based on what I've seen from Carson Wentz right now, but. I mean, it's not like he's freaking Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow walking into the, the huddle. Like, he's, he's got his flaws. But, yeah, the Eagles. I'm sure you're loving this as a Cowboys fan, that the Eagles are just, have just screwed themselves over post-Super Bowl.
0: It's, oh, it's amazing. Not only are the Cowboys staying in last place from the benefit of that Eagles tie game that they played earlier this year, so we're going to get a better draft pick. And it's going to help usher Mike McCarthy out of town, but they've, yeah, they they have the worst contract in the NFL. And now they've handed their quarterback situation to Jalen Hurts, who look, I think is a decent quarterback. I, I think in the NFL, you have to be at a certain level as far as being a passer, or you just have to be so dynamic running the football like Lamar Jackson that you make up for it. But uh, even, even Lamar Jackson, I think is significantly better as a passer than, than I gave him credit for coming into the NFL, but Jalen hurts. Like I, there are going to be probably some games during this next stretch where he looks pretty good and has some success. The problem is like most quarterbacks in the NFL, they're going to figure out what to take away from him and what to, what situations to put him in and make him beat you throwing the football. And I just don't think he's good enough to do that. So this is going to be fun as a Cowboys fan.
1: Yeah. And you know, maybe Doug Peterson, uh, Actually, you know, does some... Like, I thought Doug Peterson was, like, this super creative and innovative, like, play caller. And I, like, where did that go? Like, he won the Super Bowl and, like, he just got lazy or something. I don't know. Like, if you... This is now, like, this is the time. Like, you got a super athletic dude back there playing quarterback now. It's time to get creative. Like, you want a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yeah. you Tell me you can't, you know,
0: draw up some plays for Jalen Hurts to be successful against, you know, some bad NFL defenses? Well, they're going to have to. I mean, you can't just... Jalen Hurts isn't good enough to just run like a normal no. offense and and just beat you throwing the ball down the field.
1: No, he's definitely not. And I I let me ask you this because I tweeted this out the other day. I said that uh, I asked if Lincoln Riley would ever not have a good quarterback, and then I made a little statement that his worst quarterback that he's had in, at Oklahoma was a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Right now, right now, today, for one season. Would you take Spencer Rattler or Jalen Hurts? The rest, assume the rest of the roster is. Okay, let's just give them last year's team. It's the 2019 Sooners. Would you take Jalen Hurts or Spencer Rattler at quarterback? Spencer Rattler. So would I. I think he's a better quarterback.
0: Yeah. I mean, because c- the knock on him is that he's going to make mis- he's going to make some mistakes along the way, right? Like that's that would be the fear. But how many times down the stretch last year did we watch Jalen Hurts have bad turnovers in critical situations? Yeah, and you take away really the ability to stretch the field.
1: Yep, I think that I think that Spencer Rattler. I I don't know if the mental side is like on par. I don't. I know it's not on par yet with what where Jalen Hurts was at last year because up until the end of the year with the turnovers, like he was pretty rock solid, uh, up in the head, but. I think that Spencer Rattler's arm talent just opens up, like it opens up your playbook yeah. way more, yeah. especially with the receivers and the route trees. Like you can, there's just so many more options that you have for the receivers to get open and like throws he can make. That I think you'd probably be a little bit more successful with him,
0: even as a redshirt freshman, than Jalen Hurts as a senior. Agreed. I don't think it's. I it don't think it's a player. no-brainer it though. I don't think it's just a complete no-brainer, just because, despite the limitations with Jalen Hurts. He was so good on the ground, and, and in and the college game especially, he's like a tank. I mean, he's just he is a truck running the football. So there's always that as just kind of the, the bailout. Like, when all else fails, you just start running Jalen Hurts every down, and, and you're probably still going to have a pretty decent amount of success. But, yeah, I think, I mean, if you're talking about having the ability to really reach a high level, um, I'll take maybe a few more mistakes – with Spencer Rattler and and have that upside and make you have to defend me in multiple ways than feeling extremely one-dimensional with Jalen Hurts, who also, again, isn't like, it's not like this guy was like a veteran that never made mistakes. He had a lot of turnovers. I mean, the fan base toward the end of the year was like wanting to see Spencer Rattler, right? Because Jalen Hurts was turning the ball over.
1: And I probably posed this question during like the worst game, because Spencer Rattler just wasn't like, he didn't do anything flashy yeah. against Baylor. Like it was kind of just a run of the mill, like mundane game at quarterback. So people were probably watching that. Like, Oh man, he's only got 160 yards today. You tell me, tell me he's a, he's not the worst, whatever the plate take was. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think Spencer's got one more year in Norman for being realistic. Maybe two, maybe Lincoln can convince him to come back for his junior year, but I mean who knows like I I was really high on this kid coming in the last year just because I you know watched some high school film I've I've heard things I think he's going to be a good quarterback and I think he's living up to it. I think he's been pretty good this year. Like there's he's been made some mistakes but I think overall he's been pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, I mean if there is just natural progression with his game next season, he's I mean he's already even in a year this year when he had the slow start uh, obviously the game on Saturday wasn't terrific Like a week ago, he was no spring ball. Yeah, no, no spring ball. Um, like I was looking at a Heisman, like Heisman odds, like a week or two ago, and he was like twelfth or thirteenth, I think.
1: I'd say that's pretty damn good. Like I think I've been impressed. Like he's made some throws that may put me in awe.
0: It just it just kind of shows you how high the bar is for that position at Oklahoma from what we watched with Baker for three years to what we watched with Kyler for a year. And look, again, going back to Jalen Hurts, like, Jalen Hurts was was pretty damn good a year ago. But because he followed the two guys he followed, like, that's what we compare him to. And in comparison, he's not even close to as good as either one of those guys. But he was still incredibly yeah. productive. The offense still put up insane numbers. I mean, there was a point in the season where I think the offense last year was outproducing from a number standpoint... Uh, Baker or Kyler, but I think we it's, all understood like that offense had limitations in what it could accomplish. Whereas with Baker and Kyler, like you didn't have that. It's pretty impressive
1: to think about the fact that the 2018, 2019, or excuse me, 2017, 2018, 2019 starting quarterbacks for OU. All three different quarterbacks are all going to be starting in, in the NFL this week. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And like
0: transfers, Aaron, of, they're all transfers.
1: They, they are all transfers and none of them are your prototypical, uh, what you would think of it when you think of a quarterback. Yeah. The like Josh Allen mold. Yeah. There, there's no Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. Yeah. Like they're all of super unique in their own. I mean, in their own way, obviously, but yeah. like, yeah, just turning dudes that you wouldn't think they're NFL quarterbacks into starting NFL quarterbacks. Just, uh,
0: can't wait till Lincoln's in Dallas. What is the whole transfer thing anyway like I don't I don't get that as a like comeback to because every time I see somebody talk about like how great Lincoln Riley is with quarterbacks and and how he's done this incredible job with Baker and Kyler and Jalen hurts like it never fails every time somebody's like well yeah but they're all transfers what does that matter I mean yeah that's true I okay like but every Spencer I'm, I get, I'm, f- I'm failing B- to understand like what why that's a thing or like why that's a comeback for people that are trying to take the other side of the argument. Like what? So, no, so Spencer nobody rather
1: is a transfer from high school. <laughs> like what's the, it's the same thing. I, just, I don't, I don't get it. Well, you know, Colby, what's, you can't, you can't really say that drew Brees is a good quarterback. Cause he transferred from the chargers.
0: <laughs> he wasn't
1: drafted by the saints. Yeah, so not that good. There's always going to be an asterisk next to his name. And with Kyler and Baker, they played one year at the schools
0: they transferred from. Yeah, Kyler really like didn't, didn't even hardly league. play at A&M, which honestly right. should be more of a knock on A&M than like, trying to say that Oklahoma is, doesn't get credit for his success or the whatever. Other day,
1: the other day, I think it was the Texas A&M barstool Twitter or something like that. It was a few weeks ago, but... Uh, Kyler, May- it was well after one of the big games Kyler had, and they were like, "Oh, former A- former Aggie oh, going man. off today in the NFL," and I was just like, "What?" Like he played like six games. First off, he wasn't that good as freshman year in the games he played yeah. at A and M, and that you're gonna cl- you're gonna take credit for him. I mean, yeah. he he spent the most uh, majority of his college career in Norman, as did Baker. Jalen Hurts is the exception in the transfer thing, but even then, what does it matter? It's not like him playing a Nick Saban system and then coming to Lincoln Riley. Like, what? I, yeah, I don't understand. That's just stupid. It's just, arguing. to Are you?
0: Like, I don't even. Know, I don't know if Jalen Hurts honestly is in the position he's in right now if he doesn't spend a year with Lincoln Riley. But he's not in the NFL. He didn't play
1: last year. He wouldn't have played last year. Yeah. I mean, he could transfer to somewhere else, but I mean, he tra- he transferred to Norman. So that Lincoln could help him get in the NFL. Wasn't that the reason that yeah. he kind of gave? Yeah. The, yeah.
0: Well, and just the development, I mean, as a as a quarterback, like he gets to Philadelphia and he's he's experienced things that under Lincoln Riley and learned in that offense for a year that I, I don't know that he would have been as prepared for as as if he hadn't I don't know. It's it's just a it's a really weird thing. And and look, I saw I saw a graphic earlier this year where like the Ohio State Buckeyes were taking credit for Joe Burrow. Like, so do we, do we take away Joe Burrow from LSU? Like, is he not deserving of, of like a Heisman trophy for LSU? He he gets it as an Ohio state Buckeye because he transferred. Like, I don't understand how people are like, Oh, they're transfers.
1: So, Wait, when, when so Justin Fields goes second in the draft this year, is Georgia going to claim him? Like right. I don't hear Georgia claiming right. him right now, but you know, when he does something yeah. good, uh, he's our guy. Okay. Nope. he's a transfer. Uh, off, you picked- Ryan
0: Day. What are you talking about? He's a transfer. I don't. So what? You picked.
1: You picked. Uh, <laughs> crappy ass. Um. Jake Fromm over Justin Fields. Dude, you, I mean, you gotta live with that. And like, I, Fromm's okay. I think that, I think we've talked about this before that he was kind of watered
0: down a little bit because of the system. But yeah. I mean, he's not Justin Fields. Well, no. like, there's a clear difference in talent. The problem was. That Justin Fields wasn't ready to to take that team to a potential national championship, but he he had a way greater upside than Jake Fromm. So like if you were trying to win a championship like Georgia was, I think Fromm was the right answer, but was Fromm the long-term guy? No. I mean, Fromm was probably going to get replaced the next season, but I don't know. Maybe they told Justin Fields like Fromm is going to be our guy the rest of the way And you're not going to take his spot a year from now. But I I find that hard to believe because otherwise Justin Fields Fields wouldn't even be getting on the field at all. I mean, this is the Trevor Lawrence thing, right? Trevor Lawrence freshman year, Kelly Bryant's the quarterback. And and we saw Clemson bringing him in in spot situations early in the year to start to get him comfortable enough that, you know, when he was ready, they could pass that baton. I think Georgia was trying to do the same thing. Obviously, understanding that Fromm was going to be that guy that whole year because they were they had the ability to potentially win a championship, but I guess yeah, I good. guess he didn't want to wait. So I
1: don't blame yeah. him. He's, he's killing it at Ohio State. I, I mean, good on him. You know, good on him for realizing his talent and his value and not just sitting around and wasting you know two years of his life. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Ohio State, so Michigan has canceled their rivalry matchup with the Buckeyes, which, which does a couple things here. This is, this is fantastic. Jim Harbaugh's out here playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers because not only is Jim Harbaugh going to prevent Ohio State from beating Michigan for the ninth year in a row, Aaron, the ninth year in a row is what this would have been, but he's also preventing Ohio State from playing for the Big Ten Championship. So double win here for Jim Harbaugh. He, look, this might save his job, too. Did you see the graphic like that they're, they're discussing contract extensions? Look, this is the savviest move he's made since he
1: went to the Super Bowl. Keeping Ohio, like, if you can't, like you can't beat them on the field, but that doesn't mean you can't beat them off That's the field. That's right. And, like you said, keeps them out of the Big Ten championship game. If they went out and played this game in Michigan, lost by 30,
0: kind of hard to argue hard about keeping yeah. his job. They don't play it though. They don't lose by thirty. You don't lose by thirty. You don't lose for the ninth straight year. And all I guarantee you, Michigan fans are absolutely thrilled that Ohio State's not playing for the Big Ten championship.
1: Okay, I got it. Who who is gonna play? What are we what are we, what are we looking at here in the Big Ten championship? We're looking at Indiana versus Northwestern. Hell yeah, that's exactly what the people want to Yuck. see. So glad we got Big Ten football back Yuck. this year.
0: Yuck. Yuck. Ugh. Woof. By the way, uh I don't think Ohio State is going to be hurt by this though. I for the for playoff purposes.
1: They shouldn't be though.
0: Like I I understand that it's not fair
1: if Michigan canceled the game like Ohio State was trying to play, but like we talked about it last week. There has to be some like precedent. There has to be some yeah. like basis of like qualification like if Ohio State gets in, and they've only played half the games of another team, right. like I just, I think it just, it completely takes away the like, uh, sanctity or the like the, um, I'm trying to find the right word, but like basically just like how do you respect the playoff? They put a five and zero Ohio yeah. State team in.
0: Well, it's it, I, I'm torn here because do I believe Ohio State's one of the four best teams in college football? Absolutely. Like I don't I don't think. There's not a single team below Ohio State in the ranking that I could even make the argument for if 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 it were me putting them in a game to say, I think this team would beat Ohio State. I, I don't think there's another team out there that would do that. Like, I think Ohio State is is 10-plus points better than everybody else. So if, if we're looking at the college football playoff and saying we want the best four teams, then I think Ohio State is in that group, and I think they should be there, and that gives us the best playoff game. That gives us the best potential playoff matchup. But it also just... One of the reasons why we love college football is because the regular season is so important and because it gives us all this quote-unquote data to make these decisions about who has earned that spot. And so I think you take away a little bit of the importance of the college football season if Ohio State gets there having played half the amount of games. Remember the infamous 13th data point that favored the Buckeyes over Ohio State and and Baylor in that first year of the college football playoff? Because they played an extra game, that that was, you know, they played a championship game, 13th data point, they were a conference champion with an extra win on the resume. That was what pushed them over the top above Baylor and TCU. So it seems a little bit crazy that, a team that plays half as many games as everybody else would would get the benefit as well. I mean, it's kind of the the completely opposite stance. But again, if you're asking me if they're one of the best 4 teams in college football, I think the answer is yes.
1: I agree. I I like I think it's pretty evident that they're one of the four best teams. Like well, you could watch them for 3 games and just see that this team is has very few flaws. I mean, they were really good last year. They yeah. made the playoffs last year.
0: Yeah. They, I thought they should have
1: beat Clemson. I mean, like, But how can you – like you said, how can you argue that the regular season – I'm just repeating what you said because I 100% agree. How can you argue that the regular season matters in college football and then put in a team where it doesn't matter? Where A&M right. is going to play nine games in the SEC, potentially go 8-1 and one with their only loss being to Alabama, and a win over Florida, and say that Ohio State gets in over that team because – I mean, who knows if Ohio State played nine games, they might have lost one game.
0: Yeah, probably not, but they could have. But I, I would even, I would add this: nine and one, Ohio State is still getting in over nine and one A and M. One hundred percent, yes. If
1: they play the same amount of games, they're a better team, yeah. and they're gonna, they would, you, you would assume they win the Big Ten. But they're not gonna win the Big Ten this year. Right. They're not gonna be conference champions. Right. They're gonna play almost fifty percent of the games that most of the other teams are gonna play you're literally only putting them in for the name at this point.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it's, they're in a bad spot because like you have to either, there are two people, there are two camps of people in college football. There are the, we want the best four teams people. And there are the, you know, the, the regular season has to matter camp. And if you put Ohio state in the 4 the 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 regular season has to matter people are like what the hell are we doing like what's the point in playing a season if you can get in having played 5 games and not well, winning your you, and not winning your conference championship versus you know and and this is where I'm torn do I want to see Texas A&M play Alabama ugh, no. no absolutely not, not even, i don't even want we watched that the first time and it was a boat race
1: I don't want A and M to get in just for the simple fact that I
0: don't want to listen A and M fans for the next ten well, years. By the time they got in the well, playoffs, well, that's true too. But th- they would get yes. Yeah, you know, there's, there's clearly a gap between those top four teams and then like Texas A and M and Florida and everybody else. Like I I don't dispute that, but that that's why this is a, a really tough position for me because the regular I, I do believe the regular season has to matter but i also believe there is such a significant gap between ohio state and texas a and m for example or even if you wanted to go down to iowa state or cincinnati like i i just i don't believe that any one of those teams is is on the same tier as ohio state or clemson or alabama or notre dame so i don't know it's interesting hopefully we see like a an Ohio State A&M matchup and they're able to like put something together like that where basically one of those teams guarantees themselves a spot. But if you're Ohio State, I think based on what the rankings look like last night... There's no point. There's no point. You have to like your position and I I don't know... The Michigan... Go ahead. The, the Michigan game got canceled before the rankings were released
1: last yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. So they they knew... When they put their rankings out, they knew that that game isn't happening, that Ohio State's not going to the Big Ten Championship game, that they can't win their conference, that Ohio State, they're done. They're essentially done at this point. Yeah. And they still have them in. If you're
0: Ohio State, why would you schedule another game? You're in. Right. And and the closest competition, I mean, obviously, Florida's going to have the opportunity to play their way in. So I, I don't I'm not going to use Florida in this example because if they beat Alabama, they're in. So they control their own destiny. But in terms of making an argument, who, who is going to put themselves in position to jump the Buckeyes? I nobody. I, I think that
1: you kind of just, you know, you hit the nail on the head right there. If you're the committee, if I'm on the committee, I'm hoping that Florida beats Alabama because that gives me an out and I can put Florida and Alabama in. Yeah. And then I don't even have to make the decision on Ohio State getting in or not. Yeah.
0: Well, and then A&M's, the, A&M's the, game yeah. with Ole Miss is canceled. And then I guess they are going to play Tennessee. Tennessee. So they have one yeah. more game against Tennessee. That I, I would say this, because I thought this was the case for the last two weeks. I didn't think A&M looked great against LSU. I didn't think A&M looked great against Auburn. And if they, if they don't completely dominate Tennessee, they have zero chance of jumping the Buckeyes. But even if they dominate, yeah. I don't know that it's a guarantee But if they don't if they don't yeah. completely dominate Tennessee they have no shot
1: I don't think there's anything that can get a and m in at this point. just I mean like I said yeah. the, they the committee's already proven and already kind of made their statement that Ohio state's in for them and Florida is the only team that's going to be able to get in at this point uh over Ohio state and that's if they win but, it, yeah. it, if they win it's Alabama yeah. Because then Alabama – I would assume Alabama is also going to get in despite the one loss because you taking a uh, –
0: has, has Alabama played Auburn yet? Yes. I just annihilated they, It was – Oh, it was a couple weeks complete, ago. They played yeah.
1: Arkansas. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving. They played Iron Bowls on Thanksgiving yep.
0: weekend. 42-13 was the final.
1: Okay. So assuming they beat Arkansas and then they beat Florida in the SEC – or excuse me, and then lose to Florida in the SEC championship game. I mean, you're going to tell me that a, a 10-1 Alabama team that didn't win the conference championship is not going to get in over a 5 and Ohio State that didn't win their conference? Alabama's in. They should be.
0: They're the best yeah, team. Yeah, they're in. There, there's nothing that's going to keep them out. Notre Dame, I think, is in as well. Yeah, they are. I mean, nothing... No, I don't think there's any scenario that keeps them out. Clemson, obviously, a second loss to the same team that's going to be in the college football playoff. Could, but like... Here, here's a scenario. Does 9-1 and A&M, non-conference champion, get in over two-loss Clemson, whose two losses are to Notre Dame? I think they have to. I don't know if that's a guarantee, though.
1: I mean, I would prefer not to. I would prefer to see Clemson and Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs over yeah. uh, Kellen Mond and Texas A&M. Like, that's better football. Like, that's better viewing for me as an audience member. Yeah. but...
0: Again, like... Well, because here's my point, because if you're making that argument, basically we're arguing over losses. Both teams' only losses would have been to college football playoff teams, the number 1 and 2 teams, right? Alabama just wiped the floor with A&M, and Clemson would have lost two games to Notre Dame. But I I would say this, if if it's not a blowout, you're talking about two games that, that were tight with Clemson and Notre Dame, whereas, again... A and M didn't 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 belong on the same field as Alabama.
1: I I don't think you could put Clemson in because they had yeah. a chance to redeem themselves. You give them they have an opportunity, just a natural like opportunity to redeem their only loss of the season, and they don't do it. Like I, I you have to punish them for that. Yeah,
0: I, I'll I'll you got tell you two this:
1: chances to beat them.
0: if if one of these spots opens and and it's either Clemson getting knocked out or the committee decides we're not going to give Ohio state a spot. I think the big 12 champ has an opportunity to jump a and in.
1: Look, Iowa state jumped up two spots. Yeah. They're up to seven. So clearly the committee is, they're starting to be impressed by Iowa state. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma has looked good for the past, what, six games, yeah. basically since the Texas. I mean, it looked good in the Texas game for the first three quarters. Yeah. And then we talked about, we've talked about it before. They kind of just took their foot off the gas there in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Texas got back into it, but even the Texas game, they look good for a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, I think Iowa State, if they beat Oklahoma, I think that their argument is better than Oklahoma's, just based on where the rankings are at right now. See, Oklahoma I'm on the other side of that fence, but a couple games. You think so? Yeah. I mean, I, there is an argument for Oklahoma avenging their loss and looking really good right now, but Iowa State hasn't looked bad. You know, in a while either. Like
0: they dominated West Virginia on Saturday. They would get a higher higher ranked win at the end versus the number seven team. They would have avenged one of their two losses. They would be a conference champ. Let's not pretend like the the logo on the helmet doesn't mean anything because it absolutely does. It does. And you would be talking about a team that would be on a what, eight game win streak for the Sooners. They've won eight in a row, and it's a team that, you know, we talked about this last week, when you add who they are with Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins versus who they were at the beginning of the year without those two guys, it's obviously a completely different team. Just both sides of the football are completely different with those two players alone, not to mention a quarterback that's now a legitimate threat versus being a, a freshman playing his first two FBS games in those two losses. Like, I think you can put together a pretty legitimate case for Oklahoma if you're making arguments for them against, you know, potentially like an a and I mean,
1: Oklahoma would have won more games in a row after losing two out of their first three yeah. than Ohio State will play the entire season. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think there's an argument, and I think the biggest argument is probably the the logo on the helmet because I mean, we never seen with Ohio State. Name matters, it matters. to the committee. Yeah.
0: Um, Let me ask you this: Who I would know, you who would I you know. pick to win an Oklahoma A and M football game? Oklahoma. Me too.
1: Yeah, I don't. A and M does not impress me that much. I actually,
0: um, I, I actually like A and M, like as as a football team. I just, I, I think where they have the biggest issue is the quarterback position. Like Kellen right, Mond just doesn't all, do anything for me, and
1: how's their offensive line? They like, it's good. Do you think that they could keep Oklahoma from getting pressure consistently? Cause I mean, Oklahoma's front seven has been yeah, no, I, I unbelievable. Don't, I, I, I think Oklahoma month. would get a lot of pressure. I mean, I mean, who saw Nick Benito being the dude that he's become. Yeah, And then, like you said, throw Ronnie Perkins in there now, and like they're pretty elite up front. Yeah. Um, I probably take, I, I would, I would probably take Oklahoma over right now over I think Florida would be a tough game but right now I'd probably take them over every team five through ten except for Florida I think Florida would be a toss-up because Kyle Trask is pretty legit
0: yeah uh Florida what makes Florida dangerous I think in that matchup is that you can just get the ball to Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts and allow them to really beat up the Oklahoma back seven. Like, I don't think the Sooners would prevent Kyle Trask from getting the ball out. I don't think it would be such a dominant performance on the offensive line. Like, not that they wouldn't have some success, but I think there would still be situations where Florida's getting the ball out, and, like, is is Buki going to cover passes. Kyle Pitts yeah. for four quarters? <laughs> no, no, he's not. Like I'll answer that no, question for you. No, he's not. No. That, that would be a—I I think— that could get ugly. And and look on the other side of it though, I Florida's defense hasn't been very impressive to me. So I think Oklahoma would also have success. But yeah, Kyle Pitts
1: <laughs> has about a foot on Buki. Yeah, he's 6'6", 246. Yep. Buki is not covering Kyle Pitts. And you know what? If if Alex Grinch allowed that to happen in this hypothetical game we're talking about, let's let's get those uh, Sooner fans on Twitter talking about firing uh, Alex Grinch because that would be yep. atrocious coaching decisions.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, we've talked about it before. I, I don't know why the guy still gets as much playing time as he does, but... Lincoln loves him. I mean, Lincoln has... I mean, he didn't
1: really say anything on the field, but he talked about off the field the value that he brings to the team, but I don't know if that's enough reason to put him out there on an island against these right. dudes that he can't do anything if, against. I mean,
0: if, if Charlie Kolar does what he does to him, Kyle Pitts, good Lord...
1: Yeah, that would uh, that would be a fun game, though. I would love to see. Yeah, I'd, I think Florida, I'd, I think Kentucky. it'd be a lot of fun to watch.
0: But yeah, I would pick I, I would pick Oklahoma to be a And M, and you know I don't know what the committee thinks, but I, I I think they would probably have a similar feeling. I think so.
1: I mean, I, I think the only knock is the a And M, at least in a like say a knock, but that's just because i hate so anti Texas a And M that anything is a knock. <laughs> The thing working in a And M's favor, I think, is since the Alabama game, they've been pretty consistent. Um, I mean, OU's been consistent too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just don't think there's what's the argument for a And M over Oklahoma. I mean, a And M does have the win against Florida, which right is that's what I mean. You know, it's obviously what's keeping them up in the top five is they got that win over. That's Florida. the
0: only thing keeping them up there. I mean, I I, I don't know how you really make a case for them other than that, because again, like the the Alabama game, they weren't even like, I didn't even feel like they were that competitive in that game. That was just such an ass kicking. And then especially when you look at what they were against LSU and Auburn, the last two games, like they haven't looked good. It's really important how good you look uh, down the stretch of, of the season when we're having these, these conversations. And if you're not, if you're not clearly, I think the better team in some of these matchups than or or at least living up to the expectation, as as fair or unfair as expectations can be, uh, that's you know, that's not gonna help your argument. So
1: Yeah, I mean you only put twenty points up against a pretty terrible LSU defense.
0: Yeah, that was a shit game, man. The whole game was terrible. Like I watched it. It was it was such a bad football game.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean A A&M, and and M's defense has given up more than twenty points in every game Except for their win against 0 and 8 Vanderbilt, where they won 41 to seven. Other than that, every game the defense has given up at least 27 points. Yeah, and a And M couldn't couldn't score. They only scored 20.
0: Yeah. So anyway, I do think that the Big 12 is alive as far as having a chance. Now, again, if Alabama does what they're supposed to do, and Clemson beats Notre Dame, and I mean, there's three spots that are sealed right there. I I have a tendency to think if Ohio State doesn't even play again that they're still going to be the fourth team. Um I think that I think that's just the the world we're in. But you know, if if one of those spots happens to open up, I think the Big Twelve champion has a legitimate argument in that room, and I think they're they're absolutely going to be considered. I, I don't think that it's just a foregone conclusion that the next highest ranked team just automatically moves up. I, I definitely think the Big Twelve would be Argued for and potentially getting that spot, Okay, let me ask you this.
1: what What does the committee do with the winner of the Big Ten championship game? I, I think that's gonna be a. I think that's <sighs> going to be a good measuring yeah. stick of how much value they put into actually winning a conference. Does Indiana and Northwestern jump into the top eight
0: after that game? Like, I mean, right probably now, into the top no. eight. but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think much beyond that. Yeah, I mean
1: okay. So that we're in a scenario where we'll say Indiana, who I think Indiana has been a good team this year. Like they almost beat Ohio State. They played Ohio State really well. Yeah. They they handled Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game, which was kind of it's kind of what I'm expecting. Right. So you have Indiana at seven and one, I believe, because I think they're I believe they're done.
0: They're six and one right oh, now.
1: And yeah. so, so they've got Purdue and well, I think that game was
0: canceled, right?
1: No, they're repool. No, they replaying it. It? Says, it says they're playing it Saturday. Oh, okay. I thought um, Purdue was having
0: like major COVID issues.
1: Oh, maybe. So maybe it's just, maybe it's in serious jeopardy being canceled. That could be. Okay. It. Let's assume they play because right now ESPN is saying that okay. they're still playing. So eight and seven and one, they win the big 10 championship championship. They're eight and one. 8 and 1 Big 10 champions still ranked behind Ohio State in the college football playoff ranking. Yeah. And well, and they would they lost to
0: Ohio State. Barely though. Like they played yeah, them well. They played them well. Uh but I mean but it I mean They they did they did they, did, the had, they had to come back in the fourth. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to make that game cl- as close as it was. Like I mean they were going into the fourth, I think it was a 21 point lead for Ohio State. So
1: yeah, I, I Indiana scored
0: 14 in the fourth and then yeah, so it was 42 to 21. So I know the the box score I think makes it look a little bit. And and you know, I again, I I it, there was when it got to 42-35, I think everybody got a little nervous, but it it wasn't like one of those games where it felt like it was back and forth. It was one of those games where it felt like Ohio State was just in control the whole way and then a couple of late touchdowns by Indiana Made you kind of like, oh, this could be interesting, and then Ohio State like held on at the end, but and and they're without Michael Pitts the rest of the year. So, like we talk about how the committee views teams that maybe loses a game without their best player. Like I think you're also prevented from maximizing your ranking when you don't have your best player. But look, I mean, look, like if if Florida lost Kyle Trask. Are they gonna get the We're benefit not. of the doubt? I, no. Yeah.
1: So I would hope not. I don't want to watch whoever their backup is in the playoffs. But I say that, but you know, Ohio State won a championship with a third string quarterback. So but still, if if this is the scenario, and I'm just basing this off of what they've told us in the past and what they've shown in the past about winning your conference mattering. If Indiana finishes seven and Ohio State's at four, yep. just tell us it's the four best blue bloods playing in a playoff <laughs> against each other. Like, why waste our time? Well, we like, know, we know that oh. that's
0: kind of the case anyway. Like, it's going to take a perfect storm us? for a team that's not a blue blood. I mean, like, they, they definitively have to have a better case. Or they're, I don't think they're getting I'm the try- benefit of the doubt. Who's the, was Oregon the only
1: non-blue blood to get into the playoffs? And Oregon at that time was one of the Michigan four State has been programs in. in the country. Yeah, okay, so Oregon and Michigan State. Yeah. Or basically what we're looking at. Yeah, so. yeah it's, it's yeah. I mean it's it's gonna be fun though. It's gonna be interesting.
0: I made the joke yesterday that Ohio State should schedule BYU and give the, the cougs a a chance. Because they were <laughs> they were so underrated. Didn't we talk about this last yeah. week? Like I thought it was a complete joke that everybody was making this big deal about BYU being ranked so low. And then and they, they just, they coastal go Carolina. out lose to coastal
1: Carolina. Yeah. Well, what about coastal Carolina?
0: Let's get Ohio state coastal Carolina out there. Let's let's let uh, Ohio state win by 50. I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. Um, like Ohio state. I just don't think Ohio state benefits from playing anybody. Like if they're already viewed this favorably from playing five games, does playing another game help them? Like, I,
1: there, there's literally no reason to play
0: like, 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 say, for example, and I'm just going to throw out a team, like, say, say they decided, hey, on short notice, we're going to schedule Wisconsin on Saturday. Does, Ooh. does 6-0 and Ohio State do a lot more for you than 5-0 and Ohio State? Like, I can't imagine that that completely Not changes your content, opinion. No. Like, if you think they're one of the best four, I don't think five to six is going to matter a whole lot. So really, I think when you're evaluating this, if you're Ohio State... You really have more to lose by playing another game than than actually gaining anything so i don't I, like I don't know why well, they would unless it like i said unless it was maybe an a and m game where they both you know obviously it's just like hey one of us is going to punch our like, ticket here it's a playing game yeah yeah but
1: Ohio state's already in they're in yeah the game, well, I the think Michigan so too but if, if
0: they if they maybe felt a little nervous about the only team that could potentially jump them being a and m then you play a and m and just Put that to rest, but nobody else is going to jump them.
1: Wisconsin, by the way, has allowed thirty-one. The last two games, Wisconsin has allowed a combined thirty-one points. Yeah, and they're zero and two in those games. Yeah. Was, so, uh, Wisconsin's, just want to point that Wisconsin's out. Wisconsin's only played Pretty four games this year. Yeah,
0: the two and two Wisconsin. And they scored
1: thir- they've been outscored thirty-one to thirteen in the last two games. Look, I think I think with the committee and I don't. I, this this seems unfair. But, In normal circumstances, but I think under the circumstances, the committee needs to tell Ohio State, look, you need to play one more game against a good opponent for us to let you in. Because I mean, I feel like they—if you're going to do that, give them a chance to schedule somebody. Like, give them a chance to schedule an opponent and then play themselves in. Because if you're deciding already that you're not going to put them in at five and zero, that's kind of unfair to Ohio State. It's not their fault that you know Michigan canceled on them and took them out of the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. Let, give them a chance like let them know like if you don't play one more game against a good opponent we're not
0: putting you in and let them schedule it but because otherwise why would they schedule? well it? again they missed their chance to do that though because they kept them at four yesterday like these rankings aren't aren't supposed to be predictive of what's going to happen it's it's based on where everything is today and they told us yesterday that based on today at five wins at five and0 only playing five games they still view Ohio State over everybody else that's out there with double the game. So, yeah, sure. like, I, I don't...
1: They did tell them, yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: like, I, it, they've already sent the statement that your 5-0 and o is better than every team ranked below them. So, I, I don't even know what the legitimate case would be if you, if you jump Ohio State next week. Like, if somebody yeah, jumps Ohio right. State, what's they, the legitimate case? Them. Like, what, how are you explaining that to us? All of a sudden, now no five jump- games matter when it didn't this week?
1: Right, Nobody's going to jump. Who would jump? Right. Exactly. Like there's nobody playing a big enough game over the next two weeks or week and a half till the conference championship games to warrant jumping them. Right. The the thing, man, like this is driving me nuts because it's not even like Ohio. The best team they've played is Indiana. It's not like they have any good wins. Right. Like it's not like they have a win against another top 10 team. Like the Big Ten's been terrible this Mm -hmm. year. But it's like it's it's those stupid little like buckeye leaves on their helmet. They, like that's the reason that they're I, mean, I don't know. They're, at
0: the end of the day. Bottom line is they're 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 in, in the ch- club. Like they are in the club. At the end of the and day, Oklahoma benefits from this as well. But uh, yeah, Ohio State's in the club. So if this were if this were undefeated, like remember a few years ago when Iowa was undefeated in the Big Ten and they were like number five in the ranking and everybody was losing their mind because. Nobody watched Iowa and actually thought they were, like, one of the best four teams in college football, but they were right on the doorstep. Like, if this were anybody else, we're not talking about, you know, the, the the you know, like, how good they look. We're talking about the games played. Like, Iowa's only played five games. They're not getting in, and they wouldn't. But it's not Iowa. It's Ohio State, and they're getting in. But like I said, I also, like, I've watched them play, and I also believe just to kind of counter that Iowa argument, like Ohio state looks like one of the best four teams when they play. So
1: yeah, I'll say as a viewer, like I am definitely hoping that Ohio state gets into the playoffs because I think that though, that will make the final four better. And that's what I want as a viewer, but just kind of the, uh, I I just feel like the sanctity of what is supposed to be the college football playoff, which was supposed to, provide us with a better system than what we had before. Yeah. is proving to not be a better system right now. But Yeah.
0: It's it's crazy I'll, because I'm trying to like argue against Ohio State who I believe is one of the best four and gives us the better playoff scenario. Like if if Ohio State's in, I think they're getting it right. It just it kind of stinks that it feels like the regular season is so meaningless in terms of dictating how these teams get their opportunities. Yeah, you
1: know, and it, so, like, I mean, obviously, it's kind of a weird year. Like this yeah. is not a normal year, but you should still hold everything to the same standards. Yeah. as far as who you're putting in.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, here's before we move on. If no, let's say Notre Dame beats or Clemson beats Notre Dame by a field goal, what is the what is the top four ranking? And everything else holds serve. Ohio State's going to stay in. Uh, what's, do we get a third Clemson Notre Dame matchup at two, three? Because I don't, how, do you really make the argument that Ohio state is going to jump either Notre Dame or Clemson to play in the two, three game? Cause I, I, I don't think you can le- legitimately make that argument. Does it matter? But I don't though? know if they want at a that third point, Notre Dame Clemson game either.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like at that point, does it matter? Like why not just bump Ohio state up to three? So we don't get Clemson Notre Dame two weeks, two games in a row. And for the third time.
0: Well, it matters because I mean, they, they're in, they're they in. always tell us, you know, they're not in the matchmaking business. Like their job isn't to matchmake. Their job isn't to to try and this. give us these matchups. Their job is to give us the best four teams ranked in order from one to four. So, like if if you're actually if you're doing that, then Clemson and Notre Dame are going to play a third time in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody wants that. But if, like you said, that's what they're telling us, right? Then those are Notre Dame would be three, Clemson would be two. Yeah. Like, there's no argument on resume to put Ohio State anywhere other than higher than four. Right. I mean, there's arguments to put them lower, but there's no arguments to put them higher than four.
0: Like if they if they if they were to at that point put Ohio State over either one of those two, and it would probably I, I'm guessing it would be Notre Dame because Notre Dame would have just lost and they wouldn't be a conference champion. But, like, you can never again talk about you're not in the matchmaking business. Like, you can never use that again, because that's, they've told us that so many times when we talk about the order of this thing and, like, who's going to play who, they, they continually tell us, you know, we're not out here to give teams certain matchups and to try and dictate, you know, who's going to play who. We're just simply here to give one through four in order of the best teams in college football. So... Yeah, I, I if that why, happens why, then we all just I, I you know call it for what it is and say what you're telling us is bullshit and you're absolutely dictating matchups.
1: Why is that I don't even understand why that's a hill that they're like they're dying on like why not be give us matchmaking like just just like it's okay. Because they they, because I
0: once it goes to giving us matchmaking, then then all of a sudden people aren't going to like you know like people aren't going to like their matchup, and you're going to get you're going to get I think people talking about how there's more bias involved than than there should be, and I think they want well there is, but they want to preserve this idea that there's no bias involved and that they are just simply you know trying to to use all of this data to give us you know, the best four teams.
1: Look, if you're going to use data, then just go back to the BCS and just let the computers dictate the rankings. If you're going to involve the humans, let's get some human aspects in there. Let's get some matchmaking. Like if, if you can reorder the top four to give us a more evenly matched semifinal games, especially when the semifinal games typically suck. Yeah. Like they have been consistently bad every year. Why not just manipulate it a little bit to give us better matchups in the semifinals? Like, is anybody going to, like, how many people are going to say, oh, man, Oklahoma had to play Alabama or, excuse me, uh, um, Ohio- Oklahoma had to play Ohio State instead of LSU. We got screwed. Like, you're playing a top yeah. three, a top four team regardless. Like, the matchups are going to be tough. Like, you're playing good teams. Right. Like, it just, like, I don't understand. Like, they're, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like the committee doesn't know what they want to do. Like they've been doing this for like seven years, six or seven years, and they're still not really sure what they're doing.
0: I think they're absolutely sure of what they're doing. You think so?
1: I think they kind of just,
0: okay, well, they're not being honest. Like they're being a little bit more. That's the uh, bottom line there. Yeah. That's, you just hit it on the head.
1: Yeah. Just tell us about money. It's about money. Ratings (laughs) and money. Which teams are going to get, which matchups and teams (laughs) are going to give you the best ratings
0: and sell the most tickets. Yeah, it's fine. Like, within we reason, I mean, they, you know, like within reason, they can't just, right. You know, well, if you can, have like an undefeated, team, if you have like an undefeated, you know, conference champion, that's a power five school, then you can't just simply like put a, like one lost blue blood over them for the sake of, of matchup. Right. But yes, within reason. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Um, all right. I want to hit a couple things before we get out of here. First, I, you like me are not a big fan of college basketball. I have watched more college basketball in the last two weeks than probably the last two years combined. So I've, I've, I've tried to give it more of a chance this year. So having said that, I have watched Duke play twice. I've watched North Carolina play three times. I've watched Kentucky play twice. And I've watched Kansas play three times. I mean, that's as big as it gets, right? Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky. The blue bloods of the sport. Every single one of those teams is atrociously painful to watch offensively. Like, it's, it's a crime how bad every one of those teams are offensively. Duke, North this Carolina, Kansas, happens- and Kentucky. Like, they, they just, it's like pulling teeth watching them try and score.
1: This is what happens when you don't release an entire season of a oh. show. All at once, you force people to watch garbage-ass <laughs> college basketball where the Blue Bloods and elite teams in the nation uh, are unwatchable. Yeah. A, a lot of the times. Have you watched any uh
0: Kate Cunningham?
1: Yes. How's he look? Really I have, good. I've, I haven't watched any college basketball. Really good. I'm not going to. He looks good. Okay. His numbers look good. I'm looking at his numbers. I right mean, out.
0: it's one of those things where he's not, like, dominating games for 40 minutes. And obviously, like, there are stretches where you see him take games over. Like, like last night, for example, I think he scored 12 or something like that. 12 of his 29 in like the final however many-minute stretch, like just took the game over. He's, he, you can tell like he's not a finished product by any means. And again, it's not one of those things where like he just scores every time he gets the ball. But you can see that he already plays with such ease. Like the game's just so easy for him and flows so naturally with him. Like, it never looks hard. Nothing he does looks hard. He's he's a, a tremendous player. So I, so, I think sometimes with these what, guys, like, the expectation is they're just going to hit every shot and never make a mistake and never turn the ball over and just, like, <laughs> you know, this bar is set that they could never match. So, so, for the people that, like, are there, like, unless the guy's scoring 35 a night and just completely dominant for 40 minutes, like, nobody's going to be happy, but... No, he's the real deal. He's he's incredible.
1: Okay, so what's the what's the date that he opts out and sits <laughs> out the, the rest <laughs> of the college basketball season because he's already pretty much a unanimous number 1 pick in the NBA draft next year. Yep. So so what we put we the over under on like 15 games. 15 and a half games he plays before he uh, decides to opt out of the season. Maybe.
0: He's good, man. He's I mean, so de- good.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dez opted out. <laughs> Do you see him live tweeting? Dude, that was, tweeting? I
0: felt so bad for, as, you know, I'm a Cowboy fan, obviously, so, like, I I, I, I love Dez Bryant, but, man, that, I felt so bad for him. Oh, you know he wanted to play, it, you know, yes. especially
1: since they were playing the Cowboys, how bad he wanted to play that game and put up numbers against the Cowboys. Yeah. And, uh, he, I mean, he did make one good point, though. You're going to pull him off of the field like an hour before the game and tell him he tested positive for COVID and then play the game? Yeah. Well, the
0: crazy thing is, so so I read further into that because I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So what happened was, I guess he took a test yesterday morning. It came back inconclusive. Took a second test, came back inconclusive, and then took a third test, and that's the one that came back positive. My biggest thing is, like, how – if you're having – two inconclusive tests how is this guy still like walking around the facility and being around teammates like isn't the protocol to like okay we've got to figure out what the deal is here like you've not been cleared inconclusive doesn't mean cleared right why are you not giving yeah I don't know that doesn't make any sense so if you like an an inconclusive test doesn't mean that like like you can't play but it also isn't the green light to just go like proceed like you can either I guess like that right. or at least that's my mind thinking I, so I don't know how well, it got to, that to point. Point. I mean, no that makes
1: sense because wouldn't you assume that the player has to have a negative test for them to be approved to be in the facility yes. and like play in the game
0: yes I would think so. right
1: and inconclusive is
0: it's a 50 50 shot he's still positive right yeah we have to make sure he doesn't have it before he can start walking around the facility again I'm not saying you have to like rule him out of playing but I think you have to get the answer before you just say, all right, go hang out with your teammates and <laughs> everything you want to do. I, I don't know. Very, very bizarre situation there. Um, okay, I haven't asked you this, but the Russell Westbrook-John Wall trade, as a Rockets fan, did you get the better end of this deal or the worst end of this deal?
1: Um. Okay, so... Let's assume that John Wall comes back and is the same John Wall that he was before he missed like the last Three years seven. Ago. years Yeah, yeah. I think Houston got the better end of the deal. I think that John Wall is a he's a more natural point guard. He's a better facilitator. I think that he is going to allow James Harden to play off the ball and make James Harden better. Assuming that James Harden is a Houston Rocket when the season starts. Because right now, I don't believe James Harden is even showing up for camp or anything is like that. Is the goal to
0: take James so, Harden off the ball? Like, that's my biggest thing. I, I, I thought that they wanted him to be on the ball.
1: I, okay, so I don't think that that's the goal. But I think that at some points, the game is just going to dictate that James Harden needs to get off the ball. And he's going to still be okay. able to play ineffective, too. Because right. before, with Russell Westbrook, if you take James Harden off the ball, guess what? James Harden is probably not getting the ball most of the time. <laughs> right. With John Wall, if you take James Harden off the ball... They've still proven John Wall has proven with Bradley Bill in Washington that he can still he can he is a good enough point guard that he can produce for a two to be effective and score a lot of points. And then you can put James Harden on the ball if you want John Wall off the ball. Or you want John if John Wall's off the floor, you're staggering them. Like I think it just opens up what the Rockets can do offensively and makes them better. I think the Rockets actually, right now, looking at their offseason. I think they're significantly better than they were last year. You add assuming that these guys work out because they added get dudes that like are coming off serious injuries. If John Wall is what he was before, if DeMarcus Cousins is close to what he was before uh, they added that kid from Detroit, the center Christian that's Wood. A stretch five Christian Wood. He's yeah. good. I like, he think he fits in really well with them. If J, if you can convince James Harden to come in, come back and like try and, you know, be happy for the season. I think they're going to be a good team. I think they're a top five team in the West. With Russell Westbrook, I don't know. I like. I think Washington is significantly worse with Russell Westbrook. Even like even without John Wall, I don't know that Russell Westbrook goes in there. I shouldn't say significantly worse. I was. I that would jump the gun a little bit. I don't know that it makes them any better. I don't know if they're any better with Russell Westbrook than if they were like with T.J.
0: McConnell or whoever their starting point. They'll be better in the regular year. season, I believe. But like, does that are they any better in the postseason? Because you can uh, teams right, don't scheme team you bag. in the regular season the same way they do in the right. postseason. So. Like, they don't try. Just, right, just having that horse that's going to give you the minutes and the usage that and you know just everything that Russell Westbrook brings to the table is going to result I think in in a better regular season, but yeah, I mean in terms of how they match up when you get to you know the po- the point that matters, I don't think it makes them any better at all. But I like he's going to be back on the ball more um, you know the, the thing that was always argued in Oklahoma City was that he didn't have any shooters. And now you put him in a situation where Scott Brooks, once again, is maybe a guy. I don't know what the situation is there with Scott Brooks and Russell Westbrook. I don't know if he's going to listen to him or not. I think that's an interesting storyline to follow. But if if Scott Brooks is a guy that he will respect and listen to, and you have the shooters now with Bradley Beal and, and Bertans and you know the group that they have in place then, you know, maybe it does look better, somewhat better. But again, I, I still think there are just deficiencies in Russell Westbrook's game that make him easy to scheme against when you get to the postseason. And I you know, I, I don't think in the grand scheme of things, Washington's significantly better. Although I I do think the regular season could look a lot better for them. A lot like Houston last year, right? Like Houston yep. looked pretty good well, in the regular season with that, Russell Westbrook, yeah. but when you get to the postseason, you can you can force Russell Westbrook to beat you in a way that he's not capable of.
1: And also Remember takes away from year.
0: everybody on the floor.
1: Remember last year in the middle of the year when Houston was there on a pretty good roll and, like, Russell was taking one three-pointer a game and everybody was like, oh, man, Russell's kind of – he's finally changed his game. He's finally made the, those adjustments he needed to make. And then they get in the playoffs and he's, like, two for 17 from three or what? I mean, he's – like, he just goes back to being the same Russell Westbrook, whether that was Russell doing it on his own or just the other team, like, kind of, you know, both. trying I think and, both, like, game-planning yeah. and scheming him to do what, you know – he does bad, but I, I like it for Houston. And again, there's a big caveat that John Wall is even remotely good. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming off these injuries, but, and James Harden is still on the team. Like, there's, I don't think Houston's going to trade James Harden, but James Harden right now, he's not even showing up to work. So who knows? The, well, didn't uh, he just
0: show up last night?
1: Yeah, I think he had mandatory COVID oh, testing okay. or something like that, and he finally showed up. But, um, big, cool potentially cool reunion though if they uh they're good together um see what kind of gang signs John Wall can throw up in Houston
0: yeah I'll be honest with you I have very little expectation that either John Wall or Boogie looks like they're for themselves but uh yeah I mean if they're if both of those guys are able to to return to close to what they were in like 2016 uh then yeah then yeah it'd be it'd be great yeah, John Wall is a little. John
1: Wall is more vital to being productive and like being close to what he was. Boogie, is, I think Boogie is more of a luxury if he is what he used to be right. or close to what he was a few years ago. Just, I mean, just for the simple fact that they gave him a league minimum. Like they're they are owing no money to Boogie. Yeah, John Wall on the other hand, like you brought him in, he he still owed a lot of money. You traded Russell Westbrook for him, who despite Russell Westbrook's flaws, at least you know he's going to be there every game. Yeah, agreed. So.
0: I'm just. I'm excited for Daryl Morey to do everything he can to get Harden and Philadelphia, and then uh, you can watch uh, watch that organization. <laughs>
1: there's, no, there's no. way that would work. I like. How would? How do you fit James Harden into Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid?
0: Yeah, no, it'd be terrible. And it, I, I'm they here for play it. The comp- They play the They could.
1: Comp- they don't. They they play the complete opposite style of basketball that James Harden plays. Yeah. Like they're physical. They. They, they don't shoot a ton of threes. They play half court basketball. Like I don't. Like there's no way that works. Brooklyn is where it works
0: because everybody's just gonna play iso ball. Yep. Like it's it, James sure. Harden. It's crazy because James Harden's one of the elite scorers that we've ever seen in the history of the NBA. But he's almost like in this Russell Westbrook category now, where like if he's the lead guy on a team, I don't know that that team. Like I, I don't think we're talking about a championship caliber team because his his usage. Is so much that it just it takes away from you really having the ability to beat anybody that, that is as talented as the top teams in the NBA.
1: And I think I think some people have kind of forgotten how good he is at facilitating the like how he's a really good like facilitator and like his floor vision is amazing. But his usage rate has gone up so much over the last couple of years that we've kind of yeah. seen that you know be put on the back burner as far as you know way he plays goes. But like if he goes to Philadelphia, what do you do with Ben Simmons? Trade Ben Simmons if you're bringing in James Harden. Put Ben Simmons in the corner.
0: Let him be a sniper from the corner.
1: It's going to be Andre. If James Harden goes to Philadelphia, Ben Simmons becomes Andre Robertson. Yeah. For $100 million. Oof. Woof. Uh, Oh, by the way, real quick, I just saw this. So uh, I just uh, stumbled across uh, ESPN's playoff predictor for college football. Okay. You want to hear their top 10? Yeah. Alabama, Alabama one, Ohio State two. Ohio State has a 85 percent chance of making the playoffs. Okay. Notre Dame at three, Clemson at four, A&M at five, Cincinnati six, Indiana seven, Florida eight, USC at nine, Coastal Carolina at ten. They have Iowa State at twelve and Oklahoma at thirteen. They have oh, Iowa State and Oklahoma have a combined two and a half percent between the two of them to make the playoffs, according to this uh, ESPN playoff prediction.
0: I don't think that's true. Well, look, I I would say that all—I believe—all the schools below four have that percent chance, but
1: right, like like, one percent, yeah.
0: Conference champion Oklahoma is—is, you know, if if we're having the conversation about whether Coastal Carolina undefeated gets into the playoff or two loss Big Twelve champ Oklahoma gets in the playoffs, there is zero chance that the committee is giving Coastal Carolina that spot, like. What what about a 4-0 conference champion USC? Yeah, also. yeah. Also, Have you watched them, by the way? Yeah, they're not. Speaking of eye tests, they are okay. they stink. They're not any good either. They've got one more game. <laughs>
1: they're going to be 5-0 after yeah. they, uh, so you would assume they beat UCLA yeah. on Saturday. and then I don't uh, know
0: that we can assume they, that, but
1: yeah. That's fair. Yeah, they're, uh, what are we doing? like how do you I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand college football anymore. I used to get it. I don't get it anymore. I just No, you do get that's it. That's what they
0: want. You do get it.
1: Well yeah, just yeah,
0: so I guess so. Yeah, we've talked about it for an hour. Like I I think we all understand what's I guess happening. You just don't like it. You just don't like it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, for sure. All right, my friend, uh any what what's big this week? What are you looking forward to? Uh
1: well, I'm looking forward to spending all of Sunday either ecstatic or super pissed off because we got fantasy football playoffs uh, <laughs> kicking off this week. Um, nothing really. Just, you know, I, I guess I give me OU West Virginia, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to watch Oklahoma State. I'm done trying to watch Oklahoma State because uh, – I don't even like Oklahoma. I don't even care about Oklahoma State. I like, I don't have a team in college football, but like I get frustrated watching Gundy
0: coach yeah, a football game in 2020. Yeah, it's infuriating. Um so, I'll yeah. Fantasy football, so my my money league, I needed to win a week ago to get in and I had the second highest score in the league that week, but I was playing the guy that had the highest score and that was the Tyreek Hill. Ooh, like, the 50 pointer? Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, that, uh, that that knocked me out. And then in my podcast league that I did with listeners, I was let me pull up my record real quick because this is uh, this is just unbelievable. I was I was one and six seven weeks into the season. I was one and six. I've rattled off six in a row. I'm seven and six overall, and I qualified for the postseason. So all of these uh, all turnaround. All of these idiots that let me catch a little momentum, get into the postseason, <laughs> look out.
1: That I uh week. I'm in two leagues, made the playoffs in one in my uh my dynasty league, pretty good year. Uh solid with that. So on our late night fantasy league, it's fourteen teams, six get into the playoffs. I was the second highest scoring team in the league through, for the season. I'm going to miss the playoffs because for whatever stupid ass reason, the NFL schedule makers decided that they were going to give teams a week 13 by when in your life, have there ever been week 13 buys? I have Chris Godwin and Ronald Jones on that team. Yeah. They're on bye. I have to win in this last week to get into the playoffs. I have no Ronald Jones, no Chris Godwin. I lose by three points because I had to start carry on Johnson. Yeah. And, Whatever. If I don't, I don't. I didn't make the plans. Big, like it's fine. It's fantasy football. Like it happens. Like yeah. it's, it's game of chance. You either win or you don't. But big f you to the schedule makers for putting putting teams on buy in week thirteen. Yeah. And not even teams like very like fantasy relevant teams like the Bucks and Panthers are loaded with fantasy relevant players. Right. And we're gonna give them a buy in week thirteen.
0: Terrible. Terrible. I I text you on Sunday morning. Because I, I also needed a win to, to get into the postseason, and I lost. But um, I, I was... So my roster just has been annihilated by injuries, and I just don't have a lot of options. But for a running back spot, I was choosing between Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was playing on Sunday Night Football, and listed as questionable all day, although Adam Schefter had said that he, it, he had reported that they expected him to play. And then my other two options were either Todd Gurley, who had the noon game, and was coming off an injury last week didn't play or James White who had like the 330 matchup. So I was like I initially was just going to go with Todd Gurley and then I just felt like, you know, he didn't play a week ago. He hasn't been playing much, playing well. Like if he doesn't get a touchdown, it gives you nothing. So I ended up get going away from Gurley and I was like I'll just decide as the day goes on over James White or Clyde edwards alaire And and obviously Gurley only had 2 points anyway. Uh so that was the right call. And then right as that Patriots game was starting, I decided, all right, I, I like I need to win and I have no idea what James White's gonna do, but if Clyde Edwards Alaire plays, he's probably gonna give me pretty good production. So I'm kinda screwed. I think you, regardless, I need I need production from this spot. So I went Clyde Edwards Alaire and again he didn't play, but it wouldn't have mattered.
1: Yeah. James Edwards yeah, you, had, you, James you, White had
0: point one points.
1: You you sent me that message and was, oh. it was like I was like man I, I don't know you're kind of you're asking me should I eat like rotten tomatoes or rotten apples? exactly like
0: it's, it was a bad situation to be in yeah ugh brutal fantasy football oh, sucks
1: at least uh, that's the one thing that has been I could rely on that for twenty twenty is that I knew fantasy football was just going to piss me off by December
0: yep I'm uh, I've I've proclaimed that I'm done with fantasy football so. Uh, like okay, every year, right. at the end of the season, I'm like, "This is the last year I'm doing this." It's just it pisses me off every year, and then come next, like August, I'll be like super excited and, ugh, it's just it's
1: something to do during the off season. Yep. Like, yep, it's it, it it's the most fun in August when you're like getting ready to draft, and then you draft your team, and you've got all the hope.
0: I just get so irrationally upset about losing, and I also on the flip side of that, I get irrationally happy when I win a matchup, like same, same. It, sh- it shouldn't, it shouldn't impact me the way that it does, but it does. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm, I was cussing at Anthony. Lynn.
1: I've cursed out Anthony Lynn multiple times over the past few weeks for no reason. I don't care about the chargers. Yeah. I don't care about Anthony Lynn, but I've got Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert. So I'm
0: pissed off. Yeah. Oh God. And then you have, you know, like Michael Thomas type situations that just, yeah, just kill you. Yuck. F you fantasy football. F you. All right, buddy. Have a good week. We will catch up again next Wednesday. Always appreciate it. All right. See you, man. Aaron Davis joining me on the Colby Daniels podcast. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products. Their website is abotanicalcompany.com, or you can give them a call, 405-458-9699. Educate yourself on what they have available and how it can benefit your daily life. Again, local ownership who does great things for the community around them, and their goal is to help you live a better life. So you can order online, abotanicalcompany.com. Easy and safe local pickup, and these people are great. I'm a customer, and I absolutely appreciate our relationship. So Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. If you want to hit me up, you can do so on Twitter or Instagram at Colby underscore Daniels on Twitter, Colby Daniels on Instagram. Just a reminder, coming up this Saturday before Oklahoma, West Virginia, which is an 11 a.m. kickoff, at least as we stand right now. Mike Steely and I will have pregame coverage at 9 a.m. I will tweet that link at Colby underscore Daniels. So I hope you join us for pregame coverage, Oklahoma, West Virginia on Saturday morning. All right, everybody have a great day. Stay safe and I will talk to you tomorrow. All cast is over.